now we're back. Hey, what's up, guys? This is AD uh, Adonia Jaja, Levi T Arena. Uh, I think this should be the official launch of season two. Of <laughs> this is the launch of season two of the Black Light Podcast. Yeah. So if you made it through season one, thank you guys very much for <laughs> listening, for being a part of. It was like a fifty-episode series. Yeah, yeah. Season, I mean. It's like a year-long It's like series. a Friends episode. It's like a season of Friends. Yeah, yeah. A season of Friends. Aren't they bringing Friends back? I think there's like an HBO special for like an yeah. hour or something. Hmm. I don't know if I'm going to watch it because I haven't seen all of Friends. Oh, I've, I mean, I've, I don't know if I'm going to watch it because I don't have HBO. So I can probably catch it online somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I think I thought it was only one episode, like one hour long thing. Maybe oh, it's just a I one hour can, special. I, I've heard about it briefly, so I don't really know much. I don't, I don't care, which I think. Idi <laughs> uh, yeah. can't know less because he does not care. Yeah, this is black light, so yeah, I don't know. We say the things that no one wants to hear. All right, so we've already got a few episodes uh, in the chamber, so we're excited to be back with you guys. Uh, but today it's Black History Month. We're not, uh, not today, I mean, this month <laughs> is, today is, we are within the month. We're not going to shy away from talking about the things, and so uh, go ahead and turn off your dial <laughs> right now if you don't want to talk about this, because we're, uh, I don't think, I don't know, we were just talking about systemic racism, um, which is obviously a deep topic. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start us off by sharing a story because it came up while we were talking and I was thinking about it, which is not, it's a very separate story. Okay. has to do with the photo world, though. Okay. Um, so I get a call from, uh, from a magazine. I'm just going to say a magazine or an email. And they want me to do, um, to get on and talk about being African-American and, uh, uh, some of the struggles that I, I might face uh, being a wedding photographer. And this came in response to uh, them, uh, the, the not, I think, Wedding Wire or a couple of other sort of photo, photo blog sites or whatever. Uh, mm. They were petitioned to not, uh, not show work that was done at a at plantation. At right? a plantation. Yeah. Have yeah. we talked about this? We haven't talked about this, but I'm also aware of that stuff. Yeah. Right. So there was a, 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 an agency that went and petitioned like Wedding Wire or one of those, I think it was the Knot and some other places uh, to not use, uh, you know, plantations or not to, uh, to show them off. Yeah. Not to feature weddings that were taken, that took place at former plantations. Yeah. Because it, was disrespectful disrespectful to uh, the African American, uh, and uh, and so on and so forth. There's a few other things, and so they asked me to speak on it. This is was speak on that topic or just in general. Both. Okay. They were like, "Hey, we want to have a response from this, and we want it to be from someone who's African American in the community." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Yeah, uh, listen, I don't mind speaking on it, but." This was the first time that this sort of distinction came up is that I'm not a descendant of slaves. And so I don't have the same like aversion to plantations and that kind of thing that someone who is a descendant of slaves has that like I can't truly speak on this matter just because I'm black. Right. Doesn't mean I know about this issue. Um, I can speak on it as a person and I it's obviously I can uh, commiserate and I can. I have empathy, um, but I'm not a descendant of slaves. And so I 
don't have my connection with slavery is similar to anyone else's, except I feel the effects of systematic racism only, but from a very different perspective, Mm -hmm. not internally, but externally as a pressure, which is very, it's something that I had never thought about. Like, I was like, oh, like, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to speak on this, you know, like, and I, I did speak on it and it's fine. And I, but I told them, I was like, listen, you know, this is what's, this is my truth. And so I don't mind. And so it was very interesting because from, from them asking, I said, give me a few weeks. And I went and I, I did my research and I talked to a lot of African Americans who were descendants of slaves about this issue. I was like, what, what is it? Because to be fully honest, my sister had a wedding at a plantation Mm -hmm. and uh, I photographed the wedding at the plantation as, you know, there were black people at the wedding celebrating the wedding, you know, and then, and so, so there's that side of things that I guess you could easily say is not, um, we could be oblivious. She also said to, she said she told her friend who is African American, like a descendant of slaves, um, about the venue that she got married at and that person was like oh that looks amazing and also had their wedding there and so um it it brought up this question i was like okay well if i don't know to be hurt should i should i talk about this hurt so people Mm. know about it or what's the right course of action you know and i think uh obviously the more knowledge the more power and all that kind of stuff and so uh eventually i came to the understanding after talking to people who were hurt by the word plantation, you know, cause my first thought was, Oh, well maybe they can just change the name of the word plantation. Um, and after talking to people, they're like, well, you can't rewrite history. And there's so much like, uh, horrible things that happened. Um, because I think my first thought was the same thought that most people who are oblivious and I'm not saying stupid cause right. I was just, obli- I just didn't know. Right. But the first thought is, oh, well, I mean, plantations are everywhere. Like, they come before slavery in the sense that a plantation used to exist in South America or any, anywhere where they're like, they plant things and then work it. And, you know, that it's called a plantation. It's not necessarily a slave term. Right. But in America, it is part of the lexicon of our slave history in which you use, you know, in which a plantation has a very negative connotation. Right, yeah. Uh, but it's not, so it doesn't necessarily mean that, a, you know, that, that, you know, so I was like, well, why don't they change those places to, like, I don't know, uh, the Jonestown, from the Jonestown plantation to the Jonestown uh, homestead, you know? It's like, that would fix it, right? And, but through talking to people, they're like, no. Like, imagine, and pardon uh, my words here, but imagine if your your grandmother or your mother um, or you know great grandmother have all these stories of uh, the worst treatment. I'm not going to use the words, but you know, being beaten and the you know the word you fill in there, mm-hmm. and then all these other horrible things that you know that happened on plantations, and then those things are still affecting your female line now or you know they're systematic in the in 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 the sense that they are 
uh, they keep black men down. And that sort of uh, ideology started at a plantation. And so that is very pronounced for them. Right. Like, and I was like, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought, oh, plantation. Because for me, my parents never talked about plantations. They're, you know, they're from, they're from Nigeria. And so it just, <laughs> it, I know it was a very interesting distinction. I, I know I'm saying quite a bit and you were not ready for I know, that. I'm, 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 I, think, I think it's fascinating, so. Yeah, no. Um, and uh, there's a few other sort of reason or things that came from that where it was just like, oh, like, so what now? Do I not you shoot at a plantation? Like if that happens, you know, like I want to be very respectful for my fellow man in all instances. And so, um, you know, obviously I'm black and so I can feel, I can understand what's going on here, but I have a unique position to talk about it is in the sense that I'm black, but I, I don't, I don't know this, you know, I'm still right. sort of next to it as, as everybody is, because I think for me, the perfect world is where, uh, is where we, I think we've said it before, is where we redeem everyone who was part of the system as a victim of the system, as opposed to perpetrator and, and victim. Mm. So the people who owned the plantations, the people who were, were slaves on the plantations, they're all victims of a horrible uh, sort of, uh, system that was in place a long time ago, and so hopefully there's a way for all people to move past it. But obviously, saying move past it doesn't give honor and respect to the people that were th- very hurt in that system, right? You know, or the 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 people who like on one side came out owning a plantation, and then on the other side came out owning nothing, nothing yeah. and you know, and so even though everyone's you know, inherently a victim of the system of racism, the mentality doesn't have to, is de- the mentality, I guess, sh- sh- doesn't exist. And so in that sense, they're not all victims, or, you know, the, we're all victims of that mentality. And so we can shed that together. But then in actuality, the things that have sort of let themselves come to fruition in reality. I'm, just, I'm talking in circles, but you know what I mean? I those like things the, the effects are of all those things, have, they have different effects for different people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe we can start there. What to do with the plantation situation. I mean... <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> not I, at all. I think one thing you said that I thought we have, I think, talked about on the, on the pod before is saying, is like this almost like, too woke, ultra woke mentality where, like, you, we don't always know what to be offended about or what to be, ha- and to be triggered by. And mm-hmm. then once you find out, like, oh, okay, now I gotta get triggered by this too. This is bad. Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of brings to light some of that stuff. Is like I, when I heard about some of these things, I wasn't fully aware of all the history. You know, I'm, I'm aware of the history, but I don't really know. I don't shoot weddings in the South. I didn't. I've never lived in the South. I've only been to the South like maybe three times. Mm-hmm. So I don't really. It's very not contextual for me. And so when people talk about plantation weddings, it's like, I mean, I know slavery is bad and I know that, you know, that and this, uh, that's what I know. And then people are saying, well, you know, this, these things are memorials of these bad, this, our his, this history that's not, we don't want to celebrate. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Like, should we, so, but there's a question. Should we, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know I, because I like, know. I'm like, like, I don't feel like I'm close enough to it to make a decision for everybody. And yeah. I also don't think I'm close enough to it to either say right, right or wrong. If people are in the right or in the wrong about like, 
hey, like, you know, it's definitely wrong or definitely right to have had your wedding or an event or any kind of gathering at a plantation. Um, yeah, but, yeah, go ahead. I, don't know, I just like, I think what's, what weighs on me is that there is this, there is two sides, of the, I think, of what's going on here. There's like, or there's multiple sides, but there's two really poignant sides that are apparent in my life. One is the side of like, we want to try to do right by people and treat them well. And want and bad things have happened, we want to write that, write that wrong. And a similar side of people who are, are not similar, but it's, it's I think, a, a near side of that saying, that stuff happened in the past, it doesn't really affect us anymore, it's kind of, we're kind of beyond that, and therefore there is a blind eye to actually maybe the effects of those things. And I think on one side I'm like, I really want to be mindful, how do we like help support people and also... Um, Remember the history rightly and honor that uh, and honor like what that may have meant for people. And I think a lot of people are saying like, you know what, it happened so long ago. None of us are complicit in this. It's kind of like whatever. And so it's time to just move on from that stuff because it, it's, doesn't, it didn't really affect you. And, um, and I think that's the, those are the two narratives that are primarily being corroborated. Yeah, I, I think and, there's to go to add to that yeah. before you keep going is that I think some people just don't want to care about anything else. I think it's, they're just tired of like, oh, there's another thing that I have to like, like, you know, not that people don't care. I think people care. I'm just, honestly, I'm being honest. Yeah. Because I had the same thought. I was like, oh, right. Like, people are upset about that. Like, that's how my, it's how it played out in my head. I was like, what? Like, they're upset about what? Like, using the word plantation? Like, Obviously, my sister got married at one, and other African Americans got married at one. So it wasn't like everyone is inherently upset right right away. You know what I mean? It's not like someone using the N word, where it's like definitively across the board, not okay. It's right. like some people are like, yeah, this is fine. Like some people who are black are saying, this is fine. It's okay to get married at a plantation. It's not a big deal. It's whatever. Right. And that's where I think it makes it complicated because not everyone is equally decided especially those who are on the victim side or the people who are being who are the, have maybe received the most damage from that are not all equally decided saying yeah we don't really want this to happen people um so but i think like i do think and going back to what i was just saying though with those two narratives i think there is an element of like no matter which side of the coin you're on that we do kind of like meander back and forth between being like advocating for people that we think that we really want like the best for these people. I was being like, is this something really worth digging our heels in for? And I think that's where like where it's hard because I think we're like I think in this case it's like which side of this issue should I be on? And I just, and I just feel like I just yeah. feel like the issues like not every issue is the same level of like definitiveness. Right, and not that it has to be definitive. Right. I think that's one thing that continues to polarize us is that we're like, oh, I have to be on one side or the other. I think it's okay to not fully care you know because i'm just being i'm talking in the most truthful terms you just laying it out here yeah I, I think it's some people are just like yeah i will care about that to a certain extent but i'm not going to sort of let it change my my day to day but if i came up then maybe i'll deal with it but i'm not going to go out of my way to like have people stop shooting at plantations or, or right. something like that sure. or you know like it's not a petitionable thing or you know I think that's sort of the way people started dealing with it I didn't 
I didn't, I heard about it, and then I just sort of let it roll over. Yeah. I remember hearing about it, and it wasn't until they asked me to speak that I was like, well, I need to go talk to a lot of people right. before I can actually talk on this issue. And then I was able, I was able to learn to care about it. I was like, oh, oh, like there's a deep hurt that people have connected with, and they feel like that people are dancing, literally dancing, on the hurt of their past, as if you were you made Chernobyl a, you know, or, or some crazy place or like a, right. you know, the Holocaust gas chambers or something right. like that. You made that into a place where you held weddings and you're like, wait, you can't do that at the gas chamber site. And then people are like, yeah, but the gas chamber is just one place or that, that's, that'd be crazy. I was like, yeah, but the atrocities of slavery, they were that crazy in a lot of different places is this like we had a disease that wasn't just like on our arm it was inside of our body it was everywhere and so you some people that's that and i was like oh you're, you're, you're right and part of me just wants to be like ah but i wish we could just move on we just let it go but it's so it's still apparent it mm -hmm. still hurts a lot of people and so it, it's how long until we what well, this this i know you can't answer this question but i'm asking it kind of rhetorically what is the time limit on like remembering these things so to speak now obviously i, I think you know and then re now, let me just frame this in the context because i thought i was you saying like about you know the gas chambers and whatnot it made me think of like you know i have shot weddings in europe like at castles and things like that and i think of like a castle like a castle is like a military fortress mm -hmm. like that stuff like not i'm thinking about like there had to be some terrible stuff that happened in those kinds of places as well too but we've kind of like everything's kind of been lost to history more or less in some ways of like sure. these. So it's been not as romanticized of like, sure. oh, there's these castles. You think like, and again, I'm not saying like this doesn't mean you know. I'm not saying one thing is better, right? I'm just saying we are okay with that because it's like lost to time, and now it's this romantic gesture. Is that, and you know, part of that is like the documentation. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna lose theoretically. I would imagine we wouldn't lose slavery to time because of how much documentation, how modern it is, versus back in like the. 12, 13, 1400s, you know, texts may not have stuck around or paper or whatever. We didn't have a way of keeping track of everything that is as permanent as, you know, the internet is currently. I, plus I, books, plus other stuff like that. I would actually argue the other side that there was a lot lost to slavery, that a lot of the people weren't documented. That's true. A I mean, lot that's of the true. deaths and a lot of the rapes and a lot of the atrocities weren't actually accounted for. And so what... So this is why it was interesting for me talking to a, a couple of people is these stories that they have were very personal, were extremely personal. My great grandmother, and that was, you know, right in the house. And that story was passed down to the, you know. And so when you talk about sort of any sort of residual resentment for a race, like from black people to white people or, you know, Oh my gosh! Like, look at it from that lens. That what the what the the school book teaches is oh, it was horrible, and Civil War, it's over. And obviously, Jim Crow, and it, we're working through it. Right. But what has actually come down in in the lineage of people's like family is very very dark, like extremely dark. That I was like, I remember hearing the story. And she's like, no, it, it was my great great grand or whoever, you know, and the stories came down to me. And so her position is totally different right. than mine, who was like, 
I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Okay. We're, we're not supposed to do that. I, I didn't know, you know? And so, um, I don't know. Caring takes a different, a different form. Cause I, I'm not the one, you know, me, I love reform. I love the idea that things or people or systems can be renovated. So in this, in this instance, I would love for there to be, to, for there to be a way for the, the plantation, let's just use Jonesville sure. plantation, to be renovated for, to be a place of joy, even though it was once a place of sorrow. You know, do we just continue to live in continual sorrow and remembrance forever for all the places? That's where I don't know. You know what I mean? I shot a, it was like seven years ago. My clients wanted to go to a cotton, you know, a cotton field. I know that slaves pick cotton. I knew that then, but it didn't. It didn't hit me, and I didn't. It didn't bother me. I was like, "Oh, it'll be pretty." It was gorgeous, you know. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, "Okay, cool. Cotton's really pretty when it's on its, you know, when yeah, it's blooming." Or yeah. And so we went, and we were just in the cotton field, and yeah, it, and maybe it didn't hit me because I'm also not a descendant of mm -hmm. slaves, and so I had to like, like, I rethought about it after this. I was like, "Oh man, like." what am I saying and what am I doing? Obviously, I'm not intentionally trying to harm anyone right. or to glamorize cotton fields or, you know, in order to hurt someone's feelings. But at the same time, I, I feel like I need to be mindful. Okay, I mean, like, let's, let's go to what we, what we do know, I guess. <laughs> a couple years ago, mm -hmm. there was the colonial letting in South Africa. We talked about it on the podcast before. We did. Yeah. Um, that's probably too far. Right. Are we going to mutually say that? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's too far. Yes. Okay. It's too far. Uh, but are we talking about as the people who had the wedding? We're talking about the photographers. I yeah. guess that's where I'm. I, I don't know that if they asked me to photograph that wedding, I don't know that I would have said no right away I, you know what i mean like hindsight obviously when people had an issue with it it's too far to right. have a colonial themed wedding and when we talk about it in this way but i i don't know that if i was asked before this and obviously this is years ago before right. everyone's super woke you know i mean people were but it was still like I, maybe they didn't even ask them to photograph a colonial themed wedding right. they're like oh we like we, we like a certain movie that is in that era. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know I, what I mean? I'm just... just not yeah. not regular photographers. Just like, yeah. is, that, is that too far to be like, yo, we're going to want a colonial-themed yeah, wedding. If somebody was like, they want a, a period wedding. Period that wedding like, that's sure. colonial-inspired. I feel like it's like, yo, we should probably not do that. Yeah. Or let's just keep it to whatever... I don't know. George Washington's and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, let's just... If you're going to do something... I, I feel like... Because they had like... I mean, granted, this isn't, it was in South Africa. There's black staff. There's like, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like, it feels like it's too far. Sure. That's basically I, I, it, it, it feels too far. It feels I'm too not, far. So I, yeah. I guess let's, let's throw that up on one spectrum. Like, okay, too far is like having a colonial theme wedding with, you know, people as props, so to speak, let's say, you know, or just a colonial, maybe just colonial theme wedding as it is. I, 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 I don't want to get dive too far. I just like colonial theme wedding seems too far. Sure. On the other side of that, like, um, then I think the other extreme of that is going to be something like, is it okay to have 
an engagement session or a wedding at a plantation that that where that stuff happened. I feel like those are like I know there's a, there's a very big spectrum, but like I also feel like when you're removed from that stuff, I don't know. It's it's hard, and I'm I not mean, saying it's those histories should be honored. I'm just like I, I'm just saying like for, I'm looking at myself. I would have never known until someone told me, and I think when someone told me, I would have wanted to be like, yeah, you know, what? that's I that makes sense to me. That totally makes sense. I don't want to do that. I want like let's change our plan. But um, isn't this the idea of wokeness that we're? I mean, I I that we're against in the sense that like I love the fact that we are that there are woke people, and I there are things that are sensitive that need attention, right? But at some point, if everything from our history comes up and is blotted out, then every place will be blotted out. That's the part where I'm like, okay, well, how far does it go? Right. So some people, that answer is very like easy. Like They're like, oh, well, come on, the line is here. To me, the line is very gray, where I, I don't, if you're upset with a plantation, then you should also be upset with the legislation so the church, the, the Capitol building in mm-hmm. which that, you know, or, or things like that. That's how my mind works. I was like, all right, well, if you're upset with this, then maybe you should also be upset with this. And if you're upset with that, then you should also be upset with cotton. Then you probably shouldn't wear cotton. Right. You know, and that, <laughs> you know no, that's, no, but I'm serious. I know, I know. That's how know, my, the woke mind yeah, goes. It goes I'm down like, this trajectory where like everything is like a domino. Whereas I don't understand where the line is. Right. Some people are like, well, that's ridiculous, but I don't understand I'm like, well, why? It's an idea. Like, well, why is it ridiculous? I don't get it. And, yeah. ugh, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not, I'm not saying that people shouldn't wear cotton, or I'm not saying that black people, or there shouldn't, there shouldn't be a level of wokeness here. I think that we should, but I also want to make sure that we're not doing what we said earlier, because there is a pitfall right. on one side of being so woke that everything is redacted. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. at some point we actually can't live revived lives, right. which is, that's what we're about. Like living lives that have been rejuvenated and, and restored. And so what, where is there room for restoration amongst the pain that has been anywhere in history? Right. I mean, okay. This is a, another good example, I guess, is, um, another thing that I guess is, uh, so I shot a wedding and in the past year, um, and it was, it took place in Colorado in the mountains and on this private estate, like thousands of acres, like beautiful estate. And a couple had a, you know, really great couple had a really nice ceremony the ceremony though. And, but in the ceremony, one of the things that was said by the officiant was like, was this kind of like very detailed kind of, um, thinking of like mother nature and the mountains and the land and all, all the very like, like spiritual connection to the land. Um, and in my mind, I just thought, I just thought about it and never actually talked about this to anyone. It's the you know, first time really processing it, but I, it definitely hit me at the time. I, was th- I thought to myself like, you know, yeah, but this land isn't your land. Like this land is like, this land has a lot of meaning to a lot of people who are no longer on this land, mm-hmm. um, through, and that, to me it was just an interesting, I don't know. I didn't really know what to do with that feeling. Cause I was like, that seemed like overwokenness like I don't want to be like overwoken and stuff I'm also like but this feels like really sacred like how you describe this feels really sacred and really special and I think that's like how some people view this land but they're no longer here to to do so mm. um and I was just wondering about I think there is especially in Colorado we find that I'm sure you've had buddies at the too a lot of mysticism or a lot of like spirituality tied into land itself sure, sure. and I'm I always kind of wonder like you know what's the 
what's the appropriateness of this kind of celebration or this kind of verbiage uh, towards land that is sacred to certain people? Um, I don't know. Yeah, because I, 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 it's like, not, and it's no, like, I hear what you're saying because yeah. I'm not going to move. I'm not, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not woke enough to be like, oh, dang, um, America sort of just came here and took the land a few yeah. hundred years ago. I'm woke, so I'm out. You okay. know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I'm not going to do that. And so where's the wokeness right. go? Where, where does it go? Where does that go? Like, you're, you're only woke to a certain level. Is it woke to it, con- convenient? Till it stops yeah, being convenient? Until it's convenient for yeah. you. Like, if you're in the South and there's nowhere else to have your wedding, you're not, you might not be woke enough to not do it at a plantation. You might just be like, Ugh, listen, you know, we might say, well, let's say something in the ceremony, yeah. giving homage to the things that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then let's get married and dance. You know what I mean? And I don't, I'm not like, I, it's funny because when I start, we started talking, I was clearly on one side Yeah. where I was just like, listen, we have to like know that there's a lot of hurt here. And I agree with that. But I also need a path to restoration. That's right. just okay. But but what do we do? Like, what can we do? You know, besides changing the name and putting a plaque up that says, "Hey, we, you know, we respect uh, the history of this place, and we're changing that to the better." But that that still doesn't sort of it it doesn't heal the wounds that it were made there, and so. I don't know, like, does, you know, what, what happened with, uh, uh, with the 9-11 site? Is it still, It's like, still like a ground zero, like ground a, zero. Yeah. Are they ever going to, they're not going to build on it? Isn't it's like always, a monument or plaque or something? I don't know right. if, if, I don't think they're going to build over it, though. Yeah. I think they're, uh, yeah, the, I'm not saying that, I, I hope people know, feel my heart in yeah. this. I'm not saying it's a straight comparison. That was hor- horrendous. But the, the same horror happened on a very small scale all across the South at these little places called plantations. Right. That's the, that's what people feel when people dance there and have their wedding there, I I suppose. And so will it be a plaque? I mean, is that it forever? Ground zero and plantations are closed, you know, like, is that the, the right way to, deal with it uh, anyway i i hope because i know white people listen to this from a black person i don't know yeah i i don't know i i wish there was like a way to be like oh, well all you, got, all you got to do is flip it upside down and then rebuild it i don't know yeah i don't know i think what's what's interesting as well too and this maybe goes back to what we talked about earlier about systemic racism and kind of this narrative of people being like i think there is an element of people being like you know what it's been and Granted, I know it hasn't been this long, but we've been like, it's been 270 years. It's time to move on. And I know it actually is way more recent than that, especially with Jim Crow laws. Like, there was, there was, I mean, obviously segregation to the 60s, but there was obviously things, there's still almost so much other stuff that's going on, but there's still like even like pseudo forms of slavery into the, into the, you know, 20th century, you know, for, so. What, what do you mean? You, you mean like uh, there are places in which slavery, or you mean, Things that are reminiscent of slavery. I'm, I'm sorry, like up until like 19, 1910, 1920s, there were systems that mimicked sure. slavery across across oh, the country. Okay. Sure, sure. And then up until now, there's still like you know, obviously there's segre- there was segregation in the 60s, and but there still is things that going on. But I think, for example, I was at um, Buchenwald in Germany, which is a concentration camp. God bless you. 
And okay, sorry. Can we take that out? It was a concentration camp. <laughs> <laughs> I made the joke too early. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't process the concentration. <laughs> uh, continue. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. No, this, that's actually, it is perfectly relevant to this conversation. Okay, okay so we're leaving it in. We're going okay. to leave it in. Oh, no. Okay. But no, here, here's the thing. There has been like, if you go to the concentration camp and you do anything disrespectful, People are like, hey, this is a summer place. Or there's been some places where they have these memorials, like, and there's people like, who've been like, taking photos. Like, there's like, a really cool-looking Holocaust memorial in, I think, Berlin. Mm. And it looks really beautiful, and it's, you know, like, it's you know, all these different fixtures, but you can like, walk on these different th- stones. Um, and there's people, picture, people like, running around the stones and stuff like that. And people are like, hey, this is really disrespectful because this is a memory of something really, you know, really important. Um, but what I'm, saying, what I'm getting at is the fact that for a lot of people, the, all of the world more or less agrees. What happened here is bad, and we should remember this. Mm. And I think with something like plantations, not everyone is on the same level of agreement that this either was bad or that it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. Mm. I think that's some of the disparity I think is people find. It's like you go to Buchenwald or you go to like Auschwitz or some other like concentration camp, people are like, yeah, this was bad. We don't do like, – if something happens, people like call people out. I think at, the, at these other sites – there is not that same level. I think people are like, sure. yeah, it was so long ago or whatever. It wasn't that bad or, you know. Yeah, or you're right. I think, I think the, the idea of systemic racism, the fact that there are parts of racism that still affect people is something that is lost on people that aren't affected by it. Right. You know, so like I was saying earlier, I don't feel the internal effects of what racism did to sort to say the black man, you know, and the the nuclear family of the African American. I don't have that, you know. My my dad was with me growing up. My mom, everyone. Sounds like a news segment. Yeah, that was someone calling me from Texas. <laughs> um, it, it, right. So I don't have that. Right. So, but. So I imagine white people, I don't know, they probably don't just think about like, oh, the reason this and this and this are happening or black men are going to to prison is somehow related to slavery. You know, maybe they don't think that. I don't normally always think it until I had a few conversations mm-hmm. where they're like, no, they destroy the way black men think and that like they put them down and it systemically came through and down, you know, down through years and years and it's still in existence now that they're, they're not, you know, and so the family has been torn apart because of this horrendous thing, horrendous thing that happened called slavery, you know, and so I wish there, you know, I I wish there was a way to like, to talk about that and also not talk about it because I mean, I know as soon as you start talking about systemic racism, I, I'll tune out. I don't want to hear it. I don't, you know, I'd rather just talk about what, what TV shows are hot right now, you know. And so at some point, it's like, it's, it's tough to talk about. You know, how do we know that it still exists? How do we know that, how do I know that racism still exists? I haven't shared this story with anyone, but it's a very, very small, subtle story. story. But because people are like, but AD, does racism still exist? Well, externally, 100%. I know that it does. Like, it's just a very simple, subtle thing 
It happens all the time. This is a very, like, I could share deeper stories, but this one's a very, like, kind and sweet podcast story. Um, but we, I was uh, hanging out with some friends for a friend's bachelor party, and we were up at Crested Butte Mountain, and we were doing a downhill mm-hmm. uh, biking, and it was amazing. It was this thing called, um, I can't remember the name of the, the event, Outer Bike. Anyway, you got to rent these fancy bikes. You pay like $100 or a couple hundred dollars, and all like Yeti and Giant, and everyone who's making these fancy downhill bikes, they come bring their new lineup, and everyone gets to rent them out. Dang. Go down the hill, and then you take the lift back up, you give the bike back. Or the, the, the bikes are at the bottom. Anyway, you take the lift up, go down yeah. all day long. We're doing it for the week. You can change bikes on stuff every time. Yeah, you just keep changing. You can keep it for as long as you yeah. want. And, you know, and you, but because they want, they're, they're, they're trying to get people to buy the bikes. Right. And so they're like, hey, try this bike, try this bike. So it's a big, big bike sporting event. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It was my first time going, first time going downhill mountain biking. But as you can imagine, this is a very uh, white. <laughs> dominant <laughs> sport I, you know like uh in the mountain i was maybe the only black guy you know i just remember sitting there uh, i was sitting in line we were returning our bikes and uh to get to this where we were you had to buy a ticket the tickets were expensive i had a bike in my hand you know and some guy jumps out of the van and he's like hey man did you we're in line he's like hey man did you steal my phone and i was like what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He's like, I have my, someone stole my phone and, or I lost my phone and my find my phone app says that it's right here and he's pointing right at me. And I was like, okay, bro, I didn't, I didn't take your phone, man. Uh, it's a little like, the guy's probably 28, you know? Um, and he's like, I was like, man, I didn't take your phone. Like, leave me alone, you know? And he looks at some other people. He doesn't ask anybody else. He, he, like, walks out. He comes right back. He's loud. He's like, hey, man, did you steal my phone? Hey, did you steal it? I was like, no, man. And, and it, like, in a, like, moment of, like, panic or just frustration, I, like, clear my pockets out. And I, I, I flip them out. And I have my phone in my hand. And I'm like, look. I hand him my phone. And I don't even know why I did that. I just sort of was like, no, I don't have your phone. Look. And uh, he looked. He's like, it's not my phone. Ugh. Well, my, my find my phone app says it's right here, man. Just I'm not gonna be mad. Just give it back, that kind of thing. Trying to like, play like make me, you know, you know. Yeah. I was like, dude, I didn't take your phone. Nobody in the line said anything. Nobody either came to my defense or his defense, which is you know they were just kind of like, maybe he just steal the phone, you know. Like I, I was like, what in the world, you know? I, I did. I remember even checking my pockets, being like, what? Do I have his phone <laughs> somehow? Like. You know, like, what, what's going on? Then he left. That was it. I cried for my kids that day. I cried because I know they're going to, that is the outward pressure of systemic racism, making them live a life that's super pressured all the time. Yeah. No matter what, they're always the one that's going to be thought of as the culprit. When I'm just in here trying to ride bikes down the road, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm like... I'm here just like everybody else. Internally, I feel the same. And then all of a sudden, this kid, you know, just like, hey, man, where's my phone? I was like, oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. So that's a very, and that's a, I could give way other, like, horrible examples. That's a very kind example of, like, externally, 
Yeah. And you might say, oh, just shake it off, you know, but no, man. But, but that happens to you every day or every week for your entire life. It's a lot to shake off, man. Yeah. Or you it, not only remind you, these are only external things. Right. Sometimes it, what sucks is that we live in a world in, where, in which I have to think that he's doing that because I'm black. Right. It's very possible. There's a small, I'm going to say 7% chance that his Find My Phone app was literally spotting it in the middle of the mountains to me right there who also didn't have his phone. You know, like, and I think he found his phone, like he ended up leaving, but obviously it wasn't on me, you know. And so uh, I, I'm not without any reason. There has to be a certain percent chance that the app was somehow telling him it was on. But I mean, I guess if it was me, if I had lost my phone, I would have gone and said, hey, has anyone seen a phone? My my, my right, app says it's here. I've lost my phone. Have you seen a phone? Right. I wouldn't be like, okay, someone stole it, and yeah. it's probably that guy. I guess yeah. like I might thought my assumption would be like, why would you assume it's stolen versus just lost? Right. And yeah. I, I mean, all, all those things. Like, to your point, I guess I'm saying like, yes, I I think there there is an element that yeah, maybe randomness of whatever. But I feel like it has. There is these systemic things that people write off saying yes, this is. There are reasons people feel justified to make those kinds of accusations. Right. Right. That's. That's the, the, the whole story, That's it, yeah. right? I, which probably we need to say that. I assume yeah. that people say, people understand that when that thing happens, there's so many participants. Mm -hmm. The participants, participants, obviously, are me, who cries for my son, who will one day have to experience this. And you know, there's also the people next to me who probably pick a side, unknowingly, systemically. They're like. He probably did steal it. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably like, yeah, his phone is probably, you know, or like, ooh, this will be interesting. Did he steal it? You know, I'm the only black guy there. You know, I'm like, oh, man. And so I'm sitting here, like, trying to be cordial and, you know, and like, like, hey, man, I didn't steal your phone. Like, everything's, you know. And, uh, and then there's the kid who unknowingly, I mean, I say kid. He's probably 28, 30. I don't I don't know what his mindset was. He does he doesn't know that it's systemic in his mind right. to come straight to me. Didn't even didn't look at anyone else. It's just he lost his phone. I know that feeling of like, oh, so did I get robbed? What? Oh. And so it's he's out of his mind. He's in the system now. Right. And that's what we're saying is that the system still exists no matter how woke you are or whatever. And that's the that's the scary part to me is that the system will exist, and we won't know that it's that it's gone. Yeah, and that's and I wish we could talk about the the internal struggles. I just uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't know about. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. We didn't we didn't plan talking about. This. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I just I <clears throat> I just think it's relevant. Like in this political climate and this social climate. I mean, I feel this like you know, for those that aren't aware, don't know. I, I'm Mexican and I'm, I'm brown skinned, and our daughter's adopted and she's biracial. She's yeah, Afro Latina, so she's you know black and Latina, and she me and her actually have the very similar skin color. Um, we she has really curly hair, I have curly hair, so me and her kind of go in public a lot of places and like look similar. Although she does look, she definitely looks, she looks more black than I do. I look Mexican, she looks like she's like biracial. Um, and so yesterday we were having dinner with um, some, some friends and Hillary had gotten a conversation with somebody about race. And um, 
and she's kind of talking about the things we're talking about. And the person she's talking to, I, it seemed like there was some level of uh, um, maybe like not quite belief on their side of like believing that they, yeah, there's systemic racism or these things manifest a certain way. And so we were, uh, so we were at a Vietnamese restaurant. Um, which is a pretty like diverse place. But you know, everyone, people, all kinds of people are at a Vietnamese restaurant or at this restaurant. And so while we're while they're having this conversation, and this person, like, um, there is a guy like across from me in a booth, and he's black, and he kind of like looks at me, kind of looks at the table, kind of like gives me like a nod. And he gives you the black. Give me the nod. Give me the little nod. Oh, welcome. And then uh, <laughs> I felt like honored, and then he made he's made a small he made a comment he's like, hey, like your daughter's really beautiful. Um, and I was like, I just was like, okay, there's a nice, I was like, oh, like, okay, I got a nod, like, um, and, uh, but I, I, in this conversations, I was like, I think what was interesting to me, just like that, there's this, um, do you remember like my exact, my train of thought essentially was this, was that there's like, we go into these conversations, you just, I don't know, people, you just know where people are going to be at, like, it did, and then, oh, going back to what you're talking about, your future children, when I put Anna in the car, and I buckled her in, and kissed her forehead, and I was like, and I just thought about that. I was like, your whole life, people are gonna are gonna wonder about your story, and you have to explain yourself. You don't have to explain yourself, but they're gonna want an explanation from you for your story, mm. for your birth story, which is your story to tell. You don't have to share that. Like that's your story, um, for your race and for things that like people may question you on, and for being biracial and things like that. Like you're gonna, you're gonna get questioned for all these things. And I just looked at honor. She was so innocent, and she was she was having fun the whole time. And I was like. You're so innocent, but you are going to have to, the conversations I have today are going to impact you. And that's why I feel important. it's important to talk about. Like, I have, if I don't have this conversation today, or if Hillary doesn't have this conversation today with people, they're going to come up, they're going to be conversations that you're going to have to have. And if I can help one more person and one more family and one more generation, like yeah. not be the people giving you those conversations, you know, maybe over time we can make the world better for you, for her. So when you said that talking about like you know future children, I, I resonate with that. I'm like, I we can the stuff that comes up, whatever we can handle it. I'm like I can handle it. Sure. But I think about those who are like just more vulnerable to that stuff, and I just feel bad. I'm like, man, like there's people who, who are enduring things that they shouldn't have to endure. And I think especially for children, and that's yeah. what that's what they're raised inside of. And I think especially yeah. when the pressure comes from external and internal. Right. I have the fortitude to know that. I didn't steal the phone, and, I, and to also not have any like thought in my mind to steal a phone. It's not, you know, what I mean. Like I'm not fighting any sort of systemic thing internally. But if someone is, like, oh, their parents, great grandparents, were deemed worthless and beneath humanity, and that sort of mentality has like drizzled down into their psyche now, as they're growing up to not even be equal, then and then. And then you put them in jail for the things that they don't understand. You know what I mean? And then also to have the external pressure of being looked at as, as a thief or yeah. whatever that thing is. If that person, the, the cards are stacked. It is systemic. The cards are stacked against yeah. them. And so I, I, I'm not saying that there's no, I'm not saying there's no way out. Um, I think you asked the question earlier. You were like, hey, what do we, how do we make sure, or how, when do we know? How long is will we yeah. continue just like living in a state of remembrance? And I, I, it's funny, I keep thinking about Francis, and that's sort of the other side of this conversation. Mm -hmm. 
is that there are places in which black or white people or people are just are, are, are horrible. Mm -hmm. And so if you guys don't remember that episode, uh, Francis was um, walking down the street in an affluent part of town. Mm -hmm. she, she saw two black people and she thought that they were up to no good, but then uh, maybe you could use the word that she was trying to be woke mm -hmm. and not cross the street to go the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She was trying to be. Like, she caught it. She said, "Okay, I feel this thing. Maybe it's I. Maybe it's you know the system. Kind of inside. How do I not make prejudiced decisions right. in the moment?" And yeah, which is a beautiful thing for her to have done. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, but it, anyway to go with the story uh, she kept walking directly towards them they grabbed her held her at gunpoint and robbed a jewelry store w with her at gunpoint yeah she was shook understandably so if you go back to the crux of the matter where she could have crossed to the other side it's a beautiful thing that she was like wait I want to be woke enough to walk straight or I want to be uh, I don't know I yeah. don't know I, just, I don't want to let prejudice societal prejudice determine what my prejudice Right. Yeah. So I, I love that. I love her for that. But at the same time, what she didn't see was what she actually saw was that they're up to no good. Right. She knows that they're up to no good. So they could have been white. They could have been anything. Right. But she tried to overlook that to not see who they actually are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's a point at which we're able. It's funny because I hate when people say I don't see color, but I think that's what they mean. Right. Like, no, I don't see color. I just see the reality. And the reality is that all people can be all things. Right. And that mm -hmm. can be really good and really beautiful or also really bad and really terrible. And so, yeah, hopefully once that sentiment is systemic, mm -hmm. we can we can restore. Yeah. We can move, move mm -hmm. on, you know? I... I don't know. I think that's a. I think that's a poignant way to kind of close things down. I, I think, and on my side of the story, that the conversation that happened last night for us, the person who he was talking to, talked to me today, and, and they were like, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted to go. Here's the things, and I was really, I meant to they said something, and I was just like, so like, what is it? And I kind of said, hey, here's kind of like where I think some of these things are at, and I said like, and they asked like, what, can I do? be part of the solution and I think that's like a I think that's kind of more the question to be asking is like saying okay you know all people can be all things today what kind of person are you going to be and how can we make the world better one piece at a time how can we advocate for those who don't have the same opportunities that you might have uh, or how could be the voice for those that may not have the voice to share guys that's the Black Light Podcast get at it. Peace.